Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today is the first part of a two-day Lynn Dean series. Lynn Dean is the author of the Homeschool Parents How-To Series, a four-part online course packed with tips for how to teach to a child's strengths, how to merge lessons with life, how to encourage creativity, and how to raise a hero and she is the author of discover texas online and my homeschool mentor in this episode we discuss why teaching to your child's strengths brings out the hero we discuss the importance of guiding our children in the way they should go so when they are older they will not depart why helping children and teens solidify core values and beliefs is vital for their personal growth, especially when they have to make fast decisions where their core beliefs will automatically drive them, and how finding out what your child is good at at a younger age can help them discover what they were put on this earth to do. Go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Lynn Dean has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Homeschool Advantage. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today we have Lynn Dean, author of How to Teach the Way Your Child Learns, the beginning part of the Homeschool How-To Series and author of Discover Texas Online. Lynn, say hello to our listeners. Hello. I'm glad to be with you. We are glad to have you. So can you tell us what is something you think most people don't know about homeschooling? Something most people don't know. I think uh, most people don't realize that homeschooling actually predates public education. Historically, public schools were designed to teach peasant children the basics, um, while home education was the choice of the nobility and of kings. I didn't know that either. Yeah, <laughs> That true. is amazing. That's powerful. It's true. Yes. Yes. And so just understanding that homeschool was actually a choice of kings, queens, and for nobility. I mean, how much more that parents should realize, like, this is probably the best way to educate your child. And you, you're, you're from Texas, right? I am. Awesome. And you wrote, you, you wrote down discover Texas online. So what, what prompted you to create that very specific portion of history uh, for the for our, the homeschooling community? Um, because I hated it when I was in school, <laughs> and so when my own children got to the age where it was time to study it, I looked around and I found almost nothing except the same textbook that had bored me to tears when I was in that grade and I just could not bear to do that to them. So um, my husband and I put our heads together. He actually loved history because he had learned it 
um, hands-on through field trips and library books and stories. And we decided if we could teach that way, that it would, it, it sticks better. And um, through that, I came to realize that that really combines the way all children learn best. That is so dynamic. Like, absolutely. When we go to the places and see all of the historic um, places and monuments and just all those things that, you know, really connect us to where we're from, it's really powerful. I lived on the East Coast. Now I'm in San Diego, but I used to live on the East Coast. I grew up in Brooklyn and I moved to New Jersey. And I remember one time my husband and I were driving through Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania is full of, of history, like just full. Oh, of yes. It. We lived there at one point, too. Yeah, I, I, we literally drove through a reenactment of the um, British and the Americans. I can't remember. I know it was the red coats and it was the blue coats until I remember. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? There are cannons going off. And it was so it was so cool to see that it is and it's such a dynamic way to learn if if we can figure out ways where our children can not just read about it in a dry textbook but they can hear the stories and do the things and see the sights and and even taste and smell things if you can work in a way to cook the foods that they cooked or have the experiences that they lived then history is not just me memorizing names and dates of dead guys who would probably be dead anyway because it's old right <laughs> but it becomes something I myself have experienced and so I do remember I love it it's because so it's mine it's so true and you know what I did not connect with history at all in any part of school whatsoever it wasn't until actually I went to college and I took art history. I love art where mm -hmm. I, yeah, I understood every bit of history. It was really interesting how through the way they painted the paintings with the type of paint they used, whether it was oil paint or, you know, fresco, whatever it was, I had an understanding of why they used at that time why right. you know kings uh um you know commissioned certain paintings to be done so it's it's very powerful when you're able to learn the way you learn and understand things the way you understand the things is and in so in your book how to teach the way your child learns was that actually your mindset like creating and beginning to write this book somewhat somewhat because um i had a friend that had actually asked me she said if you do this i want to buy a copy i have four boys they are different ages they are as different as can be and i want to do this once have them all love it and be done so <laughs> that was the challenge was to create something that was age integrated and um and multi-sensory so that it would appeal to visual learners, it would appeal to auditory learners, it would appeal to tactile learners, and there would be something for everybody. Now, when you say multi-sensory, are you including those field trips you're talking about? Sure. 
because a field trip is a wonderful way to blend all the senses because they are, of course, seeing what, uh, where it happened. They are often hearing um, the park ranger explain or the docent. They can touch and, and smell the, the sights and sounds and everything that's around them so it is it is multi-sensory it appeals to everything that's awesome so your curriculum what what is the focus of your curriculum of the discover texas curriculum yeah um it covers texas history geography and government from um from the native peoples through modern times and and your... we end go ahead no, sorry, sorry. No, we end with a uh, family tree chart so that children can bring it completely down to their personal level and, and realize that um, they have a history as well, that their family has a history, that they have a culture that is completely unique to them. And my hope is that they'll, they'll realize that nobody really wakes up and intends to become a hero on any given day. They're just living their life and something happens that demands them to make a choice. And their decision come, is often made very quickly and comes directly from their core values. So I want children to think about living deliberately and thinking a little bit in advance about what's important to them, what they stand for, what their goals and priorities are, so that when that moment arrives, they'll make better choices. It is powerful. That is I powerful. So. Oh my goodness. That is so like spot on. We do make choices on a whim, but if we have our core values and we have those established, we can make good choices on a whim. That is a huge takeaway. Wow. I don't think I realized that this was a whole kind of new way of learning and putting things together until after I had completed the course and I began to get the feedback. And so that was when I wrote um, the homeschool how-to series and how to teach the way your child learns is the first course in that to help parents understand before they buy a curriculum that maybe doesn't fit their child, how their child will, will best enjoy learning and absorb and remember and master more. Okay. I want to kind of dive into that part really quickly. Sure. So you said that in your, in your book, you're walking parents through how to understand how their child learns so that they are able to choose the proper curriculum are you have you found a lot of parents asking you questions that maybe maybe made you think like oh i think they're on they're they're not understanding how this all works oh absolutely the first question, I, I am a homeschool mentor in several groups, and the first question people ask is, so I guess I need a curriculum, what's the best one to buy? And that, I mean, that's a natural first question, but the best one to buy is the one that fits your child. So we need to back up before we can answer that question and, and give them the tools 
to understand um, how their child's mind works and, and how to, I say, how to open the doors. I tell them a story about a time that I was struggling to get my front door open. I'm standing in the rain with my arm full of groceries and I'm, I'm really getting frustrated. And I looked down and I was using my car key to try to get in the front door. There was nothing wrong with the door and there was nothing wrong with the key, but that key didn't fit that door. Wow. Wow. That's wow. I don't, I have nothing else to say. We get so frustrated sometimes trying to reach our children. And if I think if we understand a little bit better about how their mind is uniquely geared to work, it's less frustrating for them and for us. Can you give us a little sneak peek, like a little nugget on what a parent can do to be able to at least start that process of understanding how their child learns? Sure. In the book, um, and I would love to offer it to your listeners for free at the end of our of our segment, but in this awesome. book, there, uh, in the first part, there is a worksheet that helps you identify some of the traits of um, visual learners, auditory learners, tactile learners, those little wigglers that just can't sit still. And once you've identified it, it walks you through some ideas of how to teach to them. Another story I share is that um, we lived for a time in another country and people would walk up and begin to talk to me, assuming I would understand them, but I didn't. And then <laughs> it was so funny. They would slow down and speak loudly, but still in the foreign language. I was like, <laughs> I'm not deaf and I'm not stupid. I just don't speak that language. But um, this helps us to understand the language that our children do think in so that communication can be it's like a game of catch. We have to pitch in such a way that they're able to catch it. That is so powerful. You know, while when I was in the classroom and I first started began teaching, um, I rem I would remember there were times that I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I have been trying to explain this to my students for a long time. Why are they not getting it? Mm. And I began to realize I don't think I'm speaking their language. Like I really started thinking back, like what tripped me up when I was either in college or high school. And I just remember that teacher would talk to me as if I had studied it as long as they have. And I remember thinking like, this is not working. So I would choose a child or one of my students in class. And I'd be like, Hey, do you feel like you can do a 10 minute lesson on this topic? They're like, absolutely. So I would have them do it and they would create their own little quiz and everything. And I can tell you that right after that lesson, all the kids understood what I've been trying to teach them. And it's because they do, they have their own way of understanding and their own language that they are can really relate to and resonate with. And I, I learned that thankfully early on in my teaching career, because there are times where I'm like, this is not getting through. I need to have someone else present this work because I just don't speak their language. And imagine if I would have had like a, some type of 
worksheet to like kind of walk through and understand like, hey, what's the dynamics happening in my classroom now? That's really powerful, but it probably would be a little bit more difficult because there's like 30 kids that are all different, but to have it for your child or your children, three, four, five or six or seven kids, however many you have, that could be an extremely powerful tool. Have you found that parents were able to utilize this checklist um, or this kind of questionnaire and they found they learned other things about their children? They do. And they learn a lot about themselves as well, because as you're going through it and assessing each of your children, suddenly the light goes on and you're like, oh, that's why this little one and I, you know, knock heads sometimes or, or they don't get what I'm trying to say. It, it's very helpful because just like we can choose a curriculum that works well for their learning style, we can also adjust the way that we present the material and teach. And your idea of having another student teach it is very good because most people really only remember about 10% of what they read and maybe 20% of what they hear. So why do we use textbooks and lectures as our primary way of teaching? Right. When they remember, they remember around 60 or 70% of what they have actually done for themselves. And if they have a chance to teach someone else or give a presentation or do a project to show you what they've learned, their retention can jump as high as 70 to 90%. Oh my God. Why wouldn't we do that? Wow. That is, that's powerful. That is powerful. My goodness. You know, I can totally hear the passion in your voice. So where did the inspiration to create all this, where did it come from? I kept hearing the same questions over and over. And they were the same questions I had had when I was new. We, so many of us are, we're public schooled ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we think of education, our mind thinks school, little chair, strict lessons, textbooks, workbooks, tests, listen to the lecture. You know, it, it is a way to teach, but it is not the only way to teach. Education is not necessarily the same thing as school. Right. Right. I've heard someone say homeschooling is not school at home. Absolutely. It's so much more than that. You can have school at home, but the way I look at it is most of us pulled our children out because something about traditional school wasn't working for them. Right. So why would we recreate what wasn't working? And at great expense, so many of the more natural ways of learning that are actually more effective are also much less costly. Wow. So your, your curriculum and your, your content, what are you targeting through that? What am I targeting in terms of what? Like in your, so in your curriculum, like what does your curriculum target? What are you, are you critical thinking, curiosity, adventure, leadership? Is there, do you- All of it. All of it. All of it. 
all of it um, in the curriculum that I wrote, the history one, but in this, in this curriculum that I have designed for parents, um, I really want, my goal is to help them raise confident lifestyle learners. Oh, wow. It will be fit for success and leadership. And that success is important to me too, because another question I hear all the time is, I'm afraid I can't do this. What if I mess up my own kid? This is from parents who have passed and graduated, which is the public schooling system telling them, you've done well on everything we have to teach you. You may leave now. And yet they still don't feel confident that they know enough. Um, wow. Something is wrong with that picture. We have people who graduate from high school and have no idea what they want to do, what they're, what they're good at. Um, even college, sometimes you graduate and you think, I hope I can find a job. There's a lot of imposter syndrome that plagues many adults. And my hope hope is that by helping our children, learning how they learn and helping them find, um, one of those segments is about the seven geniuses, finding what they're good at, what fires them up, um, that we can begin at a much younger age to help them think about their life choices and what they were put here to do. I love that. You really target on geniuses because I think a lot of people Many. have yeah and people have somehow pigeonholed what a genius is like they're either good in math or they're good in science or they're you know things like that and that's not necessarily what you know the begin all end all of what a genius could be there mm. are very many different geniuses can you um tell us maybe some couple of those well you've listed two or three already math verbal skills, science, um, but there's some that we don't teach and there's some that we actually even stigmatize. For example, one of the geniuses is athleticism. Mm. And there are a lot of um, athletes that graduate thinking I was just a dumb jock. Wow. They are not dumb. They are not. Being an athlete requires a great deal of personal self-discipline, motivation, um, persistence. These are all amazing life skills, and we don't give it enough credit. Another genius is uh, social skills. And that can be either the people who are very self-smart and understand their own motivations so that they can be self-starters. Or it can be people who are social smart, uh, people that can bring, I would say that you are probably a social genius. You have a knack for finding and bringing together um, the people that, that have a resource that meets a common need. That's a wonderful life skill, but usually those are the kids that get in trouble in class for talking too much and we tell them to be quiet they're learning the way they learn and they're, they're developing a very important life skill. There's a time and place and a way to talk, but we, we cripple them if we tell them to, to hush and that that's not good for them. It is good. 
Wow, thank you very much for that. And yes, I was that kid who consistently was sent out of the classroom because all I did was talk to everybody. <laughs> You're probably an auditory learner and you very likely process and remember things better when you've had a chance to talk them through with your peers. Oh, totally. And as a teacher, the more I talk about what I a teaching is, I learn so much by teaching, period, and just talking to people. And absolutely, that's that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> that's so true. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for this, revealing that to me. <laughs> yeah. This course is really when you read it, you're like, oh, well, duh. But it's things that are so obvious, but I mean, we all notice them. But we haven't really organized them and thought through exactly how that's planning out. Does right. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because the two geniuses that you mentioned at the end are definitely the two that are the most like pushed down, you know, and like you said, stigmatized. Oh, yeah. Right? Like jocks, dumb jock, or absolutely. you know, the, the, the loquacious, very very talkative uh girl or guy uh, they don't know how to control their mouth they don't know how to stop talking they're just a big social butterfly they're not looked at as you know geniuses who have a place in the world right and i think for me that's right that i really i guess i push back on when, when it comes down to institutionalized schooling because I do stop and think like, oh my gosh, imagine somebody would have been able to hone my giftings and who, where could I have been? But, you know, thankfully I did have, you know, people who, who along the way did show me how to utilize when to speak, when not to speak and how to do all that, you know? So it was a gift in itself, but there is, I see a lot of students in my, even my own classroom that I just tell their parents, I really think your child would flourish in homeschool. And I do think that you are equipped to be their teacher. Your child will probably begin to find their identity uh, through that. And I don't think, and I'm, I'm, and I'm a public school teacher. I'm telling my students, parents, I'm like, I do not think that your child is being served in this system. And a hundred, uh, 10 times out of 10 times, the parents like, I agree. <laughs> like, I agree. I just don't know where to start. And I'm like, you know, I have resources for you. Um, and I'm able to, you know, lead them to the right resources or at least lead them to um, my podcast. Honestly, like I've led them here and said, just listen through and find the ones that really resonate with you, your family lifestyle and your, your children, because this learning is going to be about you as well. It always is. And the nice thing is when we understand and communicate better with our children, they realize that and they trust us to tell us more. It keeps the lines of communication open longer through childhood into those teenage years that can be so difficult. And even into adulthood, our children are grown now, but um, they really still are our best friends. It, it does wonderful. It's a way of honoring each other for who God made us to be. That is beautiful. That's, it, that's awesome. it is. It is. It's beautiful. 
And you have something called My Homeschool Mentor Coffee Break. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That sounds so cool. It is. Um, and it's it's a concept that I think is a long, long time coming. When I was first starting out as a young homeschool mom, golly, 33 years ago, um, the thing that kept me sane was a Tuesday morning coffee group that met um, for years. There were eight of us. Four of us were young and new and green and scared. And the other four were a little bit older. They'd been around the block a couple of times. And it wasn't necessarily formal, but we just did life together. We met that once a week. We tossed out any questions or problems we were having. And we just got each other through it. So I, for years, I have um, been a featured speaker at homeschool conventions, but it's like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant and then you go home and it, it, there's not going to be another convention until next spring. And, and you've got 10 months of school to get through. So I thought, you know, if I offer this homeschool how-to course, which is a follow-up on what I speak about, then parents can do it at their own pace. They can do it all at once if they just want to, you know, dive into the deep end, or they can kind of wade in and, and kind of give things time to stew. But on the back end, if there could be an accompanying coffee break where you have an accessible homeschool mentor, a group, Actually, I have other ladies that have, have come on board with me who are, are mentor status and have a variety of, of skills and resources. And we just um, make ourselves available to our members. That's awesome. And, you know, when you said it's like a fire hose of information at the conventions, that's actually why I, another reason why I started the podcast that parents can listen to all of the same speakers um, and be able to hear their heart. And then I, I really truly believe at that point, they'll be able to go on the website and they'll have a clear mind. There, there won't be any kind of blockage or wall going into it of, of like, you know, confusion or just not knowing kind of going in blindly basically they, they will be able to go into the website and they won't be going in blindly they'll be going in with knowledge and understanding who the person is who they are you know i got a chance right. to meet them and talk to them i mean in their mind basically yeah they got a chance to hear their person's heart hear what they're all about how the curriculum came about all that stuff that's I love this. This is fantastic. This is exactly why I even started the podcast. So Lynn, I like it too. Oh, thank you. So as we're wrapping up, do you have one thing that you would want parents to be able to take away from this conversation? That there's not one right or wrong way to do things that there's actually several things. There's no such thing as behind because your child is developing on their own time schedule. Um, the, and just to breathe, <laughs> just, just to breathe. breathe. 
I mean, you made it through school. You know what was easy for you and what was hard. So even if you were a student who felt like you were falling through the cracks, at least you've identified where the cracks are and you can help your child not fall through those cracks. That's powerful. That's very powerful. It is. It's almost easier for that kind of student to speak into a child's heart than it is for the student who maybe everything came easy for and, and you find yourself thinking, why don't you get this? When you struggled in a subject, you know why it's hard because it was hard for you too. That is awesome. That is so very true. Lynn, what is the call to action? Where can they get your book? Where can they you know, get your um, curriculum and resources? Um, I will leave with you a, uh, a link where parents can sign up to get that first book, how to teach the way your child learns for free. Awesome. Um, and if they like it and find it helpful, they are welcome to follow me on Facebook at my homeschool mentor. And through both of those resources, um, they'll find uh, links to an opportunity to join our mentorship program. Awesome. That, is, that is a private group because we want parents to be able to share um, more specific things that maybe are, you know, you wouldn't want to talk about with a great big group and, right. and, to, get, and to get help. But um, our goal is to create a, a kind of an intimate group where, where there's a lot of trust and a lot of support. And yeah. Yeah. And you also have your Discover Texas online. You have a few resources, no? I do, but mostly those two. Okay. <laughs> Mostly those two, the homeschool how-to series of which um, how to teach the way your child learns is the first of four parts. And then Discover Texas, which was where I discovered um, how to teach that way. And then I break it down and kind of show you how to do it and apply it to any course you want to teach. Uh, that is really cool. That's really fantastic. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience. We really, really are thankful for you. Well, thank you. I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak to your group. All right. Have a great one. You too. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email, realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.